inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever been so helpless and hopeless that you didn't think you could get going? Have you ever struggled so much that you just cry out to God, no more? Have you ever been so broken that you really had to search for a reason to go forward? Have you ever wanted just to not wake up? Have you ever been so overridden with pain, with anguish, that you really had no will to have another day? Well, today on Like It Matters Radio, we're gonna be joined by an inspiring guest. Arthur, author and a public speaker, Mike Noriega, will join me today. And we're going to talk about his new book. It's called Uncollapsible Soul. How do you endure a broken heart without crushing your spirit? You see, Michael experienced the broken heart of a collapsed Surfside condominium. And today you're going to hear his story about the loss of his grandma, about the loss of life, about the loss so much but in the message is hope see whether it's because of a falling building sickness and disease political outcomes broken marriages or unfulfilling marriages or lost souls many are experiencing a level of grief and misery they feel is almost unbearable so today's conversation is not about helpless and hopeless. Today's conversation is not about woe was me. Today's conversation is about hope. It's about overcoming. So today, we're going to talk about being uncollapsible. Enduring a broken heart without crushing your soul. And, you know, I've been doing a series called Leadership Principles, and if I was to put this under that series, which it kind of is, let me tell you what leadership principle that we're going to cover today. And that leadership principle is requisite variety. See, requisite variety is really about hope. You see, requisite variety is really about control. You see, requisite variety is about a tomorrow that is different, that is better than today. I got this article, uh, Zoe B, this was years ago, and she was talking about this thing called the law of requisite variety. She says, have you ever had one of those days where it's just another one thing after another going wrong? Did you lay back and take it? Or did you adapt to the changing situation around you to get the best possible results? Most people do the former. 
When problems pop up, they don't even want to fix them. They don't think they can fix them, so they make no effort to fix them. And then there's always the temptation to resort to complaining. Boy, in the past, up until now, that's been one of my things. It feels good to sit back and have a moan about things, doesn't it? Well, maybe it's time to shake things up a little bit, she says. And for those that follow Like It Matters Radio, for those that follow Mr. Black, for those that follow the transformation that I bring and I endure, I'm going to tell you, this is my time. It's time to shake things up a bit. That's what's going on in my life. I got a class starting tonight. Las Vegas, full class. I got a class next week in adventure. And then after that, I have a birthday. I have an anniversary. I have a birthday. And I start the 58th year of my life. And God is changing a lot of things. You see, the theory of requisite variety, cool. You know what it says? The most flexible person wins. And this theory has been studied across numerous disciplines, but originates from really cybernetics, the structure of regulatory systems. The more flexible you are when life throws a challenge your way, the more likely you will control your life and get what you want. See, it's all about hope. It's about never giving up. The good book says, Proverbs 24, 16, a righteous man will stumble seven times, but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. And hope is not just a, a, a feeling. Hope is not just some feel-good thing. There's a science of hope. This is from an article from Hopkins Medicine, John Hopkins Hospital. It says when ex- people experience tragedy, sometimes the last thing they want to hear is advice about keeping their chin up. How does a person keep a positive attitude in the face of, say, debilitating brain injury? It turns out the phrase stay positive is more than just a cheerful colloquialism. See, there's science behind these words, evidence that hopefulness can promote a quicker, fuller recovery. And one of the things I look at is how the attributes that patients bring to the table, resiliency, spirituality, hope, facilitate recovery, says Kate Court, a neuropsychologist in John Hopkins Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. She said this, quote, what we found is that maintaining with outcomes and life satisfaction. See, hope changes everything. In her research, Corday has examined patients across the spectrum, traumatic brain injury, stroke, brain tumor, and consistently found that those patients who succeeded in keeping a good attitude did better in the recovery. We take a broad approach by tracking everything that goes on with these folks throughout the rehab recovery process, she said. And some of my studies have examined their level of engagement and rehabilitation interventions. And then we look three months after discharge at how satisfied they are with their life and how much assistance they needed to function. And listen, listen carefully. Folks who were more hopeful throughout the recovery process and had a more positive attitude needed less assistance later on. You know, it's about hope. During a study at Harvard in the 1950s, Dr. Kurt Richter placed rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water. On average, they'd give up and sink after 15 minutes. But right before they gave up due to exhaustion, the researchers would pluck them out, dry them off, let them rest for a few minutes, and put them back in for a few seconds. Or a a second round, I'm sorry. 
in this second attempt. How long do you think they lasted? Remember, they just swam until failure only a few short minutes ago. How long do you think they lasted the second time? Do you think it was another 15 minutes, another 10 minutes, another five minutes? No. Ready for this? 60 hours, six zero hours. That's not error. That's hope. 60 hours a swimming they endured. The conclusion drawn was that since the rats believed that they would eventually be rescued, they could push their bodies way past what they previously thought possible. Today, that's what we want to talk about. Today, Mike Noriega is going to talk about his new book, just released a couple months ago, Uncollapsible Soul, to encourage readers to hold on to hope amid grief and loss. His new book honors his late grandmother and victim's legacy following the Surfside condo collapse. But it's more than that. Through Noriega's difficult seasons of dealing with a burdened and broken heart, he's found healing through his own five requisites of restoration, which he only not only shares in the book, but he will be sharing today. Remember, to think is to create. And there's a pandemic hitting America, hitting the world. It's called helpless and hopeless. And what helpless and hopeless says that today is bad and tomorrow is going to be no better. So what does it matter? But hope, hope changes everything. And today I want to give you enough hope that your soul becomes uncollapsible because I want to encourage you to hold on to hope no matter what you're enduring right now. And after the break, Hope is going to be joining us on the phone in the name of Mike Noriega. I'm Mr. Black. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And... This class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith, and that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, He's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But He's here for, for me right yep. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Okay. But it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters unique approach allows people to see, hear and experience leadership in motion. Like it matters radio. Radio like it matters. Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free. 800-246-1687. 800-246-1687. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today, we are being hope peddlers. You know, this is guy that lived a long time ago that we know him as Johnny Appleseed, but his name was actually John Chapman. 
You know why they called him Johnny Appleseed? Because everywhere he went, he spread apple seeds. And boy, oh boy, this next guest, we might be able to call Mike Hopeseed because uh, Mike Noriega is going to be our guest. He's a humanitarian, entrepreneur, Christian leader, author, spirited public speaker, has personally and publicly endured the immense grief of tragedy. On June 24, 2021, the Champlain Tower South Condo Building in the small Miami town of Surfside, Florida, suffered a devastating partial collapse. As most of its 101 residents were sleeping soundly, 55 apartment units imploded within seconds. Only three, only three were miraculously found in the rubble. Mike and his family arrived at the scene within minutes to discover his beloved grandmother, Hilda Kima, I think it is, Noriega, was among the many buried in the rubble. Sadly, the Noriega family's matriarch was among the 98 lives lost in the catastrophe. This tragedy, known as the Surfside Condo Collapse, marked one of the deadliest structural failures in U.S. history. In the aftermath of his heart-wrenching incident, Mike found himself thrust into a position he never expected. He was appointed as a designated spokesperson for his father, Carlos Noriega, who served as a former chief of police for the city of Miami Beach and currently holds the position of police chief for North Bay Villa Police Department. In the face of unimaginable loss, Mike has been an entrusted voice for his family, his grandmother, and a broken community by communicating their experiences, struggles, and unwavering. Mike carries a message that transcends the tragedy he's endured, recognized for his ability to articulate a powerful message in real time as the historic crisis was unfolding. He has inspired countless others to hold on to hope through heartbreak. And with that, let's welcome my brother, Mike Noriega, to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm glad. Good-looking guy, too. I got a picture of you. Good-looking guy. You got a great story. Uh, when I read, you you walk with the God of the universe. Uh, where I sit, Mike, you, you're sitting in some pretty good shoes, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are just so blessed that the God of the universe that holds it all together is holding us all together. And that Amen. really is the biggest realization uh, that I made through all of this. Yeah, so it really hit your faith a lot, I can tell. It really, before this incident, uh, uh, was your walk with God where it is now, or did this uh, deepen it, uh, kind of make it tighter? It really deepened it. Um, you know, what's, what's very unique about my writing is on the outside of it, it looks like that this is all about the Surfside Collapse and the 98 lives that were lost. And it is, it is to honor my grandmother, it is to honor the legacy of the 98 that passed away. But at the same time, it's really about the individual reader and the way I connect is through my personal story. And uh, I would not have written this book had it not been for 10 years prior to, from now, which was eight years from the collapse. Mm -hmm. uh, I would not be who I am today had I not gone through the worst crushing season of my life, which was actually a season of divorce. Uh, mm. I had given my life to Jesus, trusted that he was preparing me for someone and prepared someone for me. We got married at a young age and really through uh, her having 
and a fear and the pain of that mm. and not wanting wow. to restore uh, even in the face of that uh, I discovered the hard way that there's a difference between a broken heart and a crushed spirit Psalm 34:18 says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he rescues those that are crushed in spirit why does God want to be near to your broken heart he doesn't want to rescue you from it but why does he want to rescue you from a crushed spirit it's because those two things are different a broken heart is a season of grief that none of us can avoid not even Jesus was able to escape yep. sorrow or if he could he he chose to opt into it but at the same yep. time a crushed spirit's entirely different it's losing your faith hope and your purpose it's where you are making what meant to be a valley of the shadow of death that you move through your permanent destination where you camp out in and so mm. what that season of my life showed me was I had a crushed spirit because my faith was attached to the wrong thing. I did lose my faith and my hope and my purpose. It was God, I saved myself for this woman. I obeyed you and this is how it turned out. Well, mm. if this is what it looks like to follow you, I want nothing to do with it. I lost my faith, my hope and my purpose wow. for almost 2 years. And so what I realized was that my theology was off. That the symbol mm. of our faith is not a crown it's a cross that god puts the suffering up front he doesn't hide it and jesus was perfect and he went through suffering on every level that a human being can experience it including spiritual level when the father turned his his back on the son and so i share all of that just to say that what brought me back to my faith and what made it strong and actually prepared me for the surfside collapse was i realized that not only was my faith attached to the wrong thing which it was attached to outcomes that's a weak foundation that's building your house mm. on sand yep yeah so when i didn't get the outcome it broke my faith but what i realized is that what i thought was a curse in one season was actually a cure for my heart in the long game because the god of the universe not only has suffered what i've suffered trail abandonment pain and what we have all suffered yeah but the truth is is that when we go to him that we can trust our god because he's not he's not the god of sympathy that wonders what it feels like to be human and feel what we feel but rather he empathizes with us because he felt and still feels everything that we feel and so it absolutely Amen. strengthened my spirit uh through this through this time and in my writing yeah and we follow after god who you know walked in our shoes uh you know uh you know james and one of his brothers thought he was nuts while he was alive became the first leader of the jerusalem church and actually died the same way they attempted to tempt jesus threw him off a cliff so and then got beaten to death so uh something had to happen uh, to give james hope to to not to die the deity of his half brother L let me ask you was your faith before uh, this the 24th of June when this whole thing happened in 2021 was your faith back on track before this happened or was it still getting on track oh no it, it was back on track uh, okay. at, at that point my divorce had been eight years prior and so my faith had been sharpening really um, for the six years leading up to the Surfside collapse because it was two years after my divorce that I just kind of uh, wandered I became the prodigal son and so mm -hmm. yeah I really felt like 
what I called uh, a curse, it actually became a blessing because it was preparation for the calling that God had for me. And that's really why for me personally, that my my life verse in all seasons is that God works all things for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean that all things that happen are good, but somehow if it's Mm -hmm. a bad situation, he will work it for our good. And if it's a good situation, he'll still work it for our good, which is so beautiful. So I hold on to that promise every day. Amen. Hey, I got about three minutes for our break, and we're going to keep you on for the show. But uh, in the three minutes up to the break, could you tell me tell me about that that fateful day, uh, June twenty fourth? Uh, I think it was in two thousand twenty one. Can you just take three minutes, kind of lay out the day, how it unfolded for you? Yeah. So I got a phone call. Uh, I would say around one thirty a.m. from my mother that my father had just gotten a phone call from someone in my grandmother's building that was absolutely hysterical in a panic. And she just said that uh, something happened to my grandmother's building and that my father needed to get there. And when I got this phone call, my mom said, hey, your brother, which my brother's a law enforcement officer, your brother's on his way to pick me up, then we're going to pick you up. And we had no idea what to expect Uh, my father did call my mother and all he could say was the building was gone when we arrived uh, it was a partial collapse and the the side of the building that we parked on actually didn't show the part that collapsed so as i'm walking through this sea of police officers and firefighters i was actually hopeful because it was like, oh my gosh, like, what do they mean the building's gone? I'm looking at it. And as I walked from the south side of the building to the north side, my grandmother's apartment faced the north side, I saw that her entire wing, which was 55 apartment units, had become rubble. That all that was there, um, we know now that when you look at pictures of the rubble, that's actually the top six stories. The bottom six oh, wow. stories were in the in, in the parking garage. My grandmother lived on the sixth floor. And so her balcony was right there, just mangled. Wow. And I saw her her patio furniture just kind of all, all around it. And I just fell to my knees just from succumbing from how overwhelming the situation was because there are moments in life in which no man can save you that no hero can show up that all you can do is cry out to god because you realize in an instant how powerless and how broken that you are and that was one of those moments and um you know i've I've seen my father cry maybe once or twice in, in my life and you know up to that point like 36 years of living and he was just weeping publicly which was so unlike him and it was just very a very scary experience that was almost like a movie scene yeah hey we're getting ready to go to heartbreak mike stay with us man powerful message today we're talking with mike noriega author of uncollapsible soul stay tuned you don't want to miss this hope 
Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. My show's about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, you're more blessed than normal because not only to get Mr. Black, you get Mike Noriega. And he has just released an incredible book called Uncollapsible Soul. How do you endure a broken heart without crushing your spirit? Uh, and I'd like to welcome Mike back to Like It Matters Radio. Hey, Mike, I assume this uh, the book is available on Amazon. How do they pick it up? Do they get it specially from you? Do they get a special package or something? Tell them how they can get the book. Sure. So it's uh, available online at most major retailers. So that would be okay. Amazon, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble. Uh, and if someone wants to uh, buy, let's say, bulk orders, uh, there's discounted mm-hmm. bulk orders, like if somebody wants to order them for their pastoral team, their church, mm-hmm. their servant leaders or volunteers, they can go to uncollapsiblesoul.com or mikenoriega.com, and uncollapsible okay. ends in A-B-L-E. Uncollapsible is actually not a word in the English dictionary. <laughs> Yeah, I found that out this morning, Mike. I'm typing in my thing, and it wouldn't let me type. I'm like, leave it alone. I want that word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but it's one in our heart, in our soul. See, when you say that word, uncollapsible, I, it's clearly defined to me. Whether it's a word or not, because we make up words all the time. Jay Vernon McGee used to say, we're all using the, speaking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. <laughs> so uh, in my dictionary, yes. uncollapsible is a word. Well, uh, man, just incredible uh, insight you're sharing. So so you shared with me about uh, what happened on June 24, 2021. Show up there. I mean, I'm sure you're dazed, uh, you're in awe, you're, you're probably, that's a weird moment in time, probably slowed down for you, but when did the shift take place? When did you go from, and again, I'm using this word lightly because I know it's not who you are, from victim, you've lost somebody, something terrible's happened, to now hope peddler. What was that transformation process like? You know, I'm glad you asked that because that was a very pivotal point in my story. Uh, I think once I arrived, there was probably about two hours of shock of just 
my brain trying to rationalize what had happened. Uh, I think for the first hour, have you ever had a dream where it feels so real while you're dreaming that when you wake up, you're like, oh my gosh, that wasn't real, but it felt so real. You know, yeah. I was truly wondering, is this a bad dream I'm going to wake up from? Uh, buildings don't just collapse in the middle of the night. Was this a planned demolition? And my grandmother just forgot to tell us, and she was moved out of the building with a bunch of other people. Uh, was this a terrorist attack? It, it just, it was so hard to wrap my brain around something that was just so big. This, the Surfside condo collapse was, is the largest uh, tragedy in terms of deaths uh, in Florida's history that's a non-hurricane related disaster. And wow. it was just so, so overwhelming. And so um, I felt like I was in hell, right? So I had to bring like heaven down to earth. I just had to get mm -hmm. away from everything. And so I stepped away to the building next door. I was at the entrance. I popped in my AirPods and uh, my, my church, Vu Church here in Miami, wrote a song called Shelter In. And the song just, it claims all of the promises of Psalm 91, that God is our refuge and strength, that a thousand may fall to my left, 10,000 more to my right, that God is our ultimate shelter. He's our ultimate protector. And I was listening to the lyrics of the song that just were showering me with God's promises and protection. And the revelation I had when I was listening to that song was that the very thing that my grandmother had entrusted to shelter her in, which was her home, was most likely the very thing that killed her. And mm -hmm. it just made me, it gave me the epiphany that this is such a picture of what it looks like when we put our hope in the world. It's not going to last. It's not going to be our true shelter in. And it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and where I started to have peace. And this is why I shared my divorce story early on in this conversation, because I learned not to attach my faith to outcomes. And it was like the Holy Spirit had whispered to my heart, son, if your grandmother is alive underneath that rubble, it's my presence that's with her and my presence is sustaining her. But if her body's underneath that rubble, but her soul is not, it's because her soul is in my presence in heaven. Mm. Do you trust me in her presence with either outcome? And that was the defining moment for me. And so uh, I just decided that regardless of the outcome, that my grandmother lived her life, Kima lived her life from a place of overflow of God's love, that people could not be impacted by uh, without feeling the love of God when they left and, and met my grandmother. And so it just became, you know what, people don't need to know how my grandmother died. That's the obvious part. They need to know how she lived. I need to share her story for God's glory. And that's really what it became. Uh, that's really why I wrote Uncollapsible Soul. Part of it is because this book is about a legacy. Uh, I think Mark Batterson says it best that an inheritance is what you leave behind for someone, but a legacy is what you leave behind in someone. And I think that's so special because legacy lives on, it, it, it outlasts us. But the other reason I wrote Uncollapsible Soul is because 
uh, everybody in their life is going to go through seasons of life where it's going to feel like their world is collapsing around them. And it usually happens in one of four forms. It could be from burial, betrayal, breakup, or bodily breakdown. And so when that happens, the, each and every single reader that reads Uncollapsible Soul, this actually is not about the Surfside Collapse. This is about the person that's reading it, because although our situations differ, our feelings are all the same. And we all need to go through the same process of healing. Yeah, and there's so many people in pain. Uh, and again, we look at the political thing, and we're not going to talk politics, but you know, some people feel like they've lost a country. Some people feel like they've gained a country. Some people feel like everything's going wrong way and there's no hope. Some people feel like things are going the right way and there's lots of hope. So you know, we all have our own pain and our own suffering. Going back to that day, so you're telling me after a couple hours of processing, that's how quick God grabbed a hold of you and said, this is going to be used for something greater. Is that fair to say that you kind of knew that fairly on that same day? Or was there a longer process for that belief system to kick in? No, that was that was within hours of the collapse. This wow. was at three, four in the morning, something like that. But I want to be very clear that. I'm not insinuating in any way, shape, or form that I was healed. You know, when you oh, break no, no, your no. arm, yeah. right? Yeah. It, takes, it takes time for it to heal, and it's the same with emotional breaking. But yep. what I truly believe is that the Holy Spirit gave me that message because my father uh, the next day told me that, you know, the media is going to talk about this whether or not we want them to, and this is not their story to tell. This is our story to tell. So would you do me the honor would you do your grandmother the honor and our family the honor of you just representing her and representing this family being uh the voice of our family and i really believe that god gave me that peace in my heart so that when i did 20 30 40 interviews that i was able to put it in a way where we did have hope that we wanted to be a light into the night that our hope was outside, not attached to this world, but beyond this world. And so that's really what, why I believe that God gave me that mm -hmm. message. Oh, and Michael, you're just, sorry, Mike, uh, you're just, uh, you're eloquent, uh, you're spot on scripturally, I, I eat scripture, I love the word of God, uh, and it, it's so powerful. Uh, God prepared you with some trauma, yet a lot of times we think of the hard stuff we go through, uh, that, okay, we, we've disappointed God. There's a lot of theology that says if things are going well, then God must be pleased with you, and if you're struggling then God must be disappointed in you. And that's not good theology, and that's not truth at all. Because like you said, Jesus was crucified. And he said seven things on the cross, and the first one he said was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And what could another man do to another human being that's worse than what we did to the Savior? Uh, we ripped his flesh off. We hung him on a cross. We bled him out. Uh, and. And so the fact that he could explain that to you in that moment. And, and what I want to do, Mike, because this isn't just a feel-good thing. You actually put together structure, which I love structure. This is, Today, I talk about requisite variety. Uh, any element in a system with the most flexibility has most power and control. And really, that's what you're talking about. By having a strategy, by having a plan, it takes it from just thinking and feeling to actually implementing and doing. And, and I have a saying in leadership. I'm a leadership trainer uh, by trade. Uh, when all else fails, 
do something. Uh, because when you change your position, you change your perspective. And so in the process, you came up with what I found are good. Five requisite, uh, required, requirements, requisite. That's a great word because, again, I, I, I talk about the law of requisite right all the time. People look at me strange, and there's that word. And so I go, man, God set up this appointment without a doubt. So you would create this great tool. I love, I love a package. You put together a nice package that people can step through, almost like a map. And so through your difficult season of dealing with burdens and broken hearts, you found healing through these five requisites of restoration, which you share in the book. And I was wondering, after the break, would you mind if we took about 10 minutes and kind of briefly went through those five? Would you be willing to do that? Oh, I would love to. Awesome, awesome. And Mike, I gotta tell you right now, uh, man, I, I interview people for a living. I do leadership training 31 years. I'm gonna tell you, you move me, man. Uh, you're scripturally accurate. You got a good heart. Uh, you got a passion. You got a good family. You got good bones. Uh, really blessing you are to so many people. So we're gonna go to a heartbreak. We'll be back in three minutes. Afterwards, Mike Noriega, author of Unclassable Soul, is gonna share his five requisites of restoration. We'll be right back. You're a work in progress. A little more. A little more. Constantly under construction. That's good. To build your productive life, you need the right tools from Mr. Black and Like It Matters Radio. A good golfer has a great caddy who shares the load and understands the course. Hire Mr. Black as your life caddy to live more fulfilling and successfully. If you want to get to the next level and beyond, both personally and professionally, sign up for Mr. Black's Immersive Leadership Awakening class. It's the most powerful, transformational two days you will ever experience. Stay in touch with Mr. Black and the change connected to him on your schedule with his daily podcast. Search Living Like It Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Walk along with Mr. Black as he goes to God's Instruction Manual. It's manna from the Word of God with Mr. Black's Bible teaching at wayofwarrior.blog. Build yourself up like it matters and get everything God has for you. Go to likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. Today, we're really focusing on hope. And today, we're blessed to have a, uh, an author and uh, a guy who's walked in the shadow of darkness uh, and came out on the other side in a better place, uh, bringing many others with him. His name is Mike Noriega, and he's written a great book called Uncontrollable Soul, How Do You Endure a Broken Heart Without Crushing Your Spirit? Uh, and Mike, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, such a blessing. Uh, in your book, you talk about the five requisites of restoration, uh, and that's a way to go through the healing process. Uh, we got about 10 minutes. I'd love for you to talk about those uh, five requisites, if you don't mind. Sure. Let's let's break it down together. So, okay. I really believe that Jesus spoke in parables because our our minds are not designed to think in words. Our brains think in pictures, kind of like a cinematic experience. And so, the picture that I want to give you guys for these five requisites is: uh, imagine a physical injury. Imagine. Uh, you're in the kitchen and you're cutting up some vegetables and you slice your hand wide open. Well, there's a healing process that needs to take place. And so everything that I'm describing emotionally applies physically. And so the first thing you have to do 
is you have to reveal it. You have to recognize your heartbreak. That means you have to acknowledge your injury. One of the lies of the world is that all things heal with time. That's, that's not true. All things get buried with time, but if you, don't face, if you don't face your past, your past will eventually face you. And so the first thing is really revealing it. And then once you reveal it, you have to relieve it. How do you relieve it? Well, you have to address your wound. You have to respond to your grief. Unaddressed pain, it doesn't get better. It just enslaves you. And here's the reason why, right? Let's say you cut your hand wide open. Well, after you acknowledge, oh my gosh, I cut my hand, I need to do something about this. Well, now you need to clean it out. Now you need to stop the bleeding. You have to respond to it. And unfortunately, what happens when you don't respond to your pain, what'll happen is it can get infected. And mm -hmm. if it gets infected, it's even if it's a cut on your finger, that finger will eventually need to be amputated if you don't take care of that infection. And eventually, mm. if you don't take care of that, then it'll take over your arm, and then eventually your body. And what started as a little infection completely takes over your body and can eventually kill you. And that's how you have a crushed spirit, is mm. you, don't, you don't address the wounds. So the infection in our hearts becomes bitterness. One thing that I'm going to talk about a little bit uh, later on in these requisites is passion. One thing about passion that most people do not realize is that passion is actually a neutral thing. So all passion is, is a result of suffering. How do you know if you're passionate about something, you're willing to suffer for it? By default, if you're not willing to suffer for it, then you're not passionate about it. That's why we call it the passion of the Christ, because his suffering for our salvation was his passion. And there's That's such good. beauty in yep. that. Yep. But here's the, here's the danger when we don't guard our hearts. If you don't make a conscious decision to follow these steps that I'm going over for a spiritual and emotional healing, what will happen is the natural course of things will be for you to become uh, bitter to become infected with bitterness. In other words, you're either going to go down the road of passion towards re restoration or resentment. So if you go down the road of resentment, that will, that will manifest in your life through bitterness. But if you become passionate about restoration, oh my gosh, your passion will have a purpose in helping other people find their healing. So again, I'm going to talk about that more in a little bit. But the first step, again, is to reveal it by acknowledging it. Second mm -hmm. step is to relieve it by addressing it. And then the third step mm -hmm. is you have to release it. You have to actually relinquish your anguish. That means surrender your pain. If you need stitches because you cut your hand so bad, well, you kind of have to surrender to doing what you don't want to do, which is going to the hospital or getting in an ambulance, having somebody uh, clean out that wound, having somebody stitch up that wound, you know, maybe you cut tendons and you need to go to surgery. You have to surrender to the care of a medical professional. You know, one thing that I write about is that not everything that happens to us is our fault, but everything that happens to us is our responsibility. If you get into a car accident, 
it may not be your fault if somebody hits you if they went through a red light and t-boned you but if you're injured you still have a responsibility to how you respond to your healing and so when you surrender when you surrender not just to god but i believe in going to to therapy right because what happens is if we don't actually get out what is in our hearts and go through that healing process that will be like uh what i call heart dialysis where when your kidneys stop functioning that mm -hmm. your blood has no place to filter out those toxins so you have to go to dialysis you don't want to go on heart dialysis right and so that's why yeah. surrendering your pain is so important and then the fourth mm -hmm. step is reframing it you have to get to a point where you rename your pain because uh restoration leads to transformation here's what i mean that wound once you surrender to the care of professionals and you're taking responsibility for your healing once you are healed what was once called a wound in one season becomes called a scar in another season and the scar does not look the same as it did before the wound that skin will be will have scar tissue that's calloused which means that it's thicker than it was before so it's more protected it can no longer get infected and there's a marking on your body that talks about a story of healing in other words there's a testimony that's within our scars and that's the beauty behind reframing it that when you rename your pain uh, from something that you thought was a curse that's actually a cure when you go from being a victim to a victor i truly believe that there are people we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony i believe by the word of our testimony that there are other people that need to hear our story to find the freedom that they're looking for because people might disagree with the bible they might disagree with theology but they can't disagree with what god's done life I mean, what god's done in your life and your story of healing and that yep. brings us to the fifth step you have to renew it in other words you have to redeem your sorrow which the bible promises that every tear that we sow will reap a harvest of joy in a different season what that means is that there's purpose in our pain you see there is something about your story that will help somebody else find freedom that restoration transforms what broke you into a passion that awoke you and so when you get to that point where you find purpose in your pain oh my gosh there's joy that comes from that you know i think just one story out of surfside that i that i wrote about is mm -hmm. you know each chapter of restoration that i just shared has a story from a collection of stories from within the surfside building we and have about a minute and half left just so you know go ahead perfect so one story of turning purpose uh turning pain into purpose is there were three survivors that fell in the rubble and were pulled out alive one of them was jonah handler he was pulled out alive and his mother was was pulled out alive but her leg was actually pinned under the rubble the first responders had to make a decision on the spot to save her life and they did it by amputating her leg and you think about that it's not like they were prepping her for surgery i can only imagine yeah. what that moment was uh, like and unfortunately she yeah. died 
but Jonah survived. And his dad started the Phoenix Life Project, which is uh, an, a nonprofit organization that helps first responders and victims of tragedies to find healing and restoration through therapy. And when I went to a gala that he did earlier this year, what he said was so powerful. He said, because of the men and women in uniform that are in this room, I get to celebrate Father's Day every single year. He took his pain and turned it into purpose where other people can find healing. And so Amen. that's really the hope of the book, that our souls Amen. were designed to be uncollapsible. Amen. Wow. How do they get the book again? Real quick, remind us, please. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Target, or Walmart.com. They're only online, and they can go to uncollapsiblesoul.com or mikenoriega.com. Awesome. You're an inspiration, Mike. God bless you. And if you need anything, let me know, please. Okay, brother? Thank you so much for having me. All right. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.